Yeah, Make right. a little whiteboard and then just yeah, mark just down cross. The he has a, the tick mark. All right. Anyway, yeah. Are we talking about salinity? No, we're talking about yeah, salinity ATOs. Um, Keeping salinity. Hey guys, welcome back to New Wave After Dark. It's been a little bit. Um, for those of you who don't know, Ted's been out. Uh, he had to get his colon removed, so uh, we've been a little short staff at the store, which is the reason why it's taken so long to get this next episode out. But we are back. Uh, Ted is out of surgery. He's at home uh, recovering, so hopefully he'll be back soon. Uh, but we're here with Mike, your yep. favorite Mexican Caesar, Jen, of course, <laughs> and myself, Brenda, Brendan. Uh, oh yeah, where'd you guys? You guys didn't bring your mugs. Oh, it's still at home. We need to start bringing those in. Uh, yeah, I have to get other ones too. But yeah, we I had mugs made for everybody for they're, Christmas. They're color changing too, and they have pictures on them. They're they're sweet. They're they are, but I was bummed. I didn't really. I don't know. Anyway, I didn't want them to be color changing. <laughs> oh yeah, a temperature sensitive the, color. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you guys can see those, and then uh, we will be offering them. So if you want, you want a mug with uh, Caesar's mug on it, mm. you can you can order them. That'd be great. <laughs> All of us walk in one day. Yeah, with, with, it, mugs. The, with the, him with a pirate, uh, uh, the pirate uh, oh, yeah. eye patch and a parrot on his head. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you guys want that, let me know. I will order it and have it shipped to you immediately. You pay extra, he might take a special photograph for you. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe sign it. Oh, how wonderful! Anyway, so today we're talking salinity. We're talking. Um, ATOs, we're talking consistency, we're talking stability, all of that. Uh, how do we want to get going? I think uh, we'll have the new guy start off. The, the, Open it up. His yeah. beard yeah. isn't nearly as luscious and, and luxurious as Ted's, but yep. no. we'll start it off with a, we'll with, the, with Mike maintenance Mike, the bearded beauty. Um, <laughs> the, the one thing we found a lot is is how we're testing for salinity. And, and how many different ways there are and the different variations and how to get a consistent batch so that people can all be on the same page. It's been a thing that New Wave has dealt with on several occasions and we found a semi-solution to it. Um, but I think that'd be a great place to start is just the different ways to test salinity and, and it's always important to I mean, it's a saltwater tank, but I think one thing people don't make the connection with is the reason we keep salinity you know, stable in its importance is because the things in your tank literally have salt in their bodies. Fish have salt in their blood. So when you acclimate fish, it's important to go slow because you're literally changing the salt content of their blood, which is why they stress out and why they have problems. And by not keeping consistent states, you know, stability of salt in your system can inherently cause stress. It would with humans, if the oxygen levels in the room was constantly changing, we'd probably have a hard time too and be stressed out about it, you know? Yeah, like elevation stuff when, mm-hmm. you know, you go up and you feel sick. They, yeah, or they diving, do. you yep. go up too fast and... Yeah, so it, it is extremely important. And there's several ways to test it. Um, one way that I, you know, the, the old way, obviously the the hydrometer, the, <laughs> the, the swing arm or the, the taste test. I mean, come on. like We've been there. I think we've all been there where we've tasted water and we're like, mm, no, right. no, it's not right. But it's not, that's definitely not an accurate way no. to do it. But yeah, back in the day when, when I know when I first started, the swing arm was swing arm. the thing. The problem is you get a little air bubble under there and then you're like, oh, look at I added one cup of salt and it's at 30 parts per thousand. And mm. really it's like two. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, so don't use a swing arm. They're yeah. good. Paper I don't even do they, do they even sell them anymore? They do. Like, yeah. They're hydrometers, is what uh, they're called, right? Hydrometers. Yeah. And yep. yeah, you can still get them at Petco. Yeah, um, but you can put a couple different ones. Or oh yeah. Three of the same, and they'll all read different. <laughs> oh, right. So back in the day when I used to do uh, when I did maintenance, and that's all we had. I 
actually would bring three and then I would just average them out because yeah. that's how accurate they really are. So, um, but another what another one is the trout mare, and they do have that the the hydro. It's technically considered like the same thing, the hydrometer that you can drop oh, in. Yeah. That one is super accurate as long as it's temperature, but that one is really really accurate. I have a stupid question for that one. Okay, does the size of the container wouldn't matter, right? No, no, because. For whatever reason, maybe that was just me. I had one read perfect in my tank, and then when I put it in the container, it read higher. They are temperature sensitive. Very. Yep. So but and they're calibrated to seventy-seven degrees yep. generally. Well, so I keep the bat warmed up oh. to the same temperature as the tank. But okay. I don't know if uh, I don't know. Interesting. I just know that. Um, I mean, they're, they're kind of breakable. Obviously, they're fragile, but they people use them as like their, you know, as a checkpoint. But I think most of the time, yeah, most <laughs> of the time, the taste test n not so good. No. I mean, but uh, obviously, refractometers have come a long way. I remember I back just in drink the day, a little bit. Yeah, mm. back in the day, refracts were like this like really expensive mysterious piece of equipment where mm -hmm. you put a drop of water on it and you're like you look into like space and then it doesn't even make sense like right. oh there's numbers on both sides and i don't know what and they're super easy to use and they're super cheap now mm -hmm. yeah. so the next question is which one do you trust more because there's digital yeah there's a refractometer and i don't think anybody should trust the arm swinging ones but that's just me no those probably shouldn't be used at all but uh probably refractometer i know that's our go-to at the store just because once you calibrate them they're fairly reliable uh easy to use and the yeah. only problem with those though is that if you drop them yes they're yeah. probably done for and yep. they are i mean a lot of them do have a temperature like regulation um within them however or to to uh to come up with a number based on temperature but um i think that that is also important so if you're measuring like salt water at like 55 degrees you definitely will not get an accurate reading um and then also with we found it too with the calibration solution i mean mm -hmm. we're putting a lot of trust in this little bottle you leave that bottle like the cap open, open. and it evaporates we have a different we have a different problem so yep. i mean but refracts i to me i like using them um i think it's i like the fact that i can calibrate it i can see it and then i go from there i i do like the digital ones too i did a video on the hannah salinity checker i've done you know on but we've had i think it's a lot of user error on a, a lot of those and i think that just the refract takes that out of it yeah. in my opinion the refract kind of makes you feel like a scientist when you're using it too it's kind of fun makes you feel uh professional i guess but uh, i remember my first time i'm like oh this is like a big deal yeah, yeah. <laughs> all my swing arms are now just gonna collect little like paper like being my yep. paper holders i have this this box of magic right. but yeah, yeah they're like 40 bucks now um back in the day they were like 100 bucks and it was it was an a, you know luxury piece of equipment now it's pretty simple yeah. i guess one thing to consider too using refractometers versus digital i know like connor one of our maintenance guys is uh colorblind so he has difficulty seeing the actual blue line versus the white on the refractometer so uh take that into account if you might have some sort of color blindness you might be better off going with a digital option yeah so maybe do what he does he has two Yep. So yep. you can make sure. Yep. And sometimes just like, I mean, this industry is filled with its redundancies. I mean, because when you're dealing with anything with salt um, and and in Minnesota, extreme temperatures, <laughs> leaving that stuff, leaving a digital, um, you know, pen outside and overnight, yeah. it definitely has Pardon. a problem or letting your calibration fluid freeze mm -hmm. or this and that. It's just taking care of your equipment. 
Um, but I think you brought up a really good point, Mike, about the importance of salinity, like why it is so important. So it's not like, well, it's not a big deal. My salinity got dropped to, you know, 20 parts per thousand. I'm just going to just increase it to like in five minutes. I think that's a really big deal. Like why salinity, what it actually means, um, to, and then what ranges, I mean, what is the ideal? Cause I, people still come into the store. What is your salinity? I don't know. It's an ideal range. And right. I'm like, oh, well, what, what does that even mean? I mean, people say be 1.024 or, you know, 33 parts per thousand or one point to, to you know, all the way up to 2.8, which I, I disagree. So and you'd be surprised how many people have a refractometer and they don't know how to use it. Oh, or calibrated. It's never, never been calibrated. Yep. You know, yeah. out of the box, they need to be calibrated. And I think that's a big step that people forget a lot is they buy a refractometer and just it should be ready to go. And then they bring it home and then they think something's wrong. And then they're making a bunch of changes fast to try to make it ideal. And, yep. and a lot of it goes back to consistency is almost more important than a specific number. You know, if your tank's always running 34 parts per thousand, leave it at 34 parts per thousand, just right. make it consistently 34 parts per thousand, yeah. then 35 or 36 or 37, you know? And I think one thing to keep in mind too, when we're testing salinity, it's, you got to think more than just salt in the water too. It's going to reflect the concentration of all the other elements in the water, which is especially important with corals. So if you the higher salinity, the higher magnesium, typically the higher alkalinity, higher calcium. Uh, and, and the opposite of that is if you have a lower salinity, you know, it's going to essentially drop those elements, um, barring dosing and all, all of those things. So keep that in mind too, when you're going through big salinity swings, it's not just the salinity that it's affecting. It's the concentration of all the other elements in the water. And I think there's a great lead in right there to how to keep your salinity stable because letting it evaporate and then seeing that you have air bubbles in your tank and then refilling it is definitely not a way to keep your your system stable. And that's, I think, where we really want to touch on auto top-offs and the importance of them and maintaining that consistency throughout. Yeah, it's, it's a big deal. I mean, if you're not only for a wear and tear perspective on your equipment, you know, if your if your pump is pulling in air, it's it's extra heat, it's wear and tear, it's the actual impeller instead of being smooth and centered will actually start to jar because of the air bubbles, which in I don't know if you've ever seen like and we have, but the magnets will actually get so hot that they'll expand and swell and it'll gouge the inside of your pumps, yep. you know, just from letting them run dry. And then you can come home to not only a dry sump, your pump running dry, maybe not even running. We've had plenty of calls of yep. my return pump don't work no more because I let it run dry and it locked up. And then does it, is that covered under warranty? Right. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah. what, that's the next mm-hmm. question. My return pump doesn't work. I, I've only had it for a year. I let it run dry like every other day and is it, it should be covered, right? It's like, no. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing too is those fine micro bubbles can be ingested by your fish. Mm-hmm. We have seen it and um, it can actually kill your fish. So, I mean, there's a lot of of reasons to keep your system stable besides this, just the simple fact is, you know, the ocean doesn't fluctuate, the corals and fish in your tank should have the same parameters as that. Right. So ATOs, a um, couple options. I mean, I back in the day, I used to, because I was a broke college kid, and there wasn't really a lot of great options, I actually used an IV bag, and I, I mean, it wasn't very pretty, but I hung it, yeah. and then, you know, made my own float valve. Um, this is pre-drilled tanks, and then, you know, had it just kind of right. doing it that be, way. They can be really simple when we dropped off that one tank um 
or was it she she had another smaller tank and all she had done was taken a water bottle and she fills her water bottle and she flips it upside down in her tank mm-hmm. and that's all she has to do and as the water level drops a little bit of water comes out of the water bottle when mm-hmm. it fills back up it shuts it it just stops mm-hmm. that's that's for a small tank though. right right no i know quick, and we're just talking like if you have i mean those are so then we, we have to go back to the the simple the mm-hmm. the most important thing is you know a lot of like we have a 15 gallon reservoir here mm-hmm. so we have to think about evaporation in minnesota in the winter evaporation is it could oh, yeah. be one gallon it could be five gallons a day i am not going to be taking a water bottle and flipping it upside down five oh. times per day which is your point i'm guessing caesar but the other option is like um you you know finding a system that works for you that you can also um you know kind of walk away that's a set and forget part of it you to you know maintaining stability without having to just stand there and fill water every five minutes well you can do a gravity fed one too yep just a big bucket and an RO line and a float so we have gravity fed but and there's a lot of atos on the market it's some of them we like some of them we don't like as much um i know that uh there's some new ones coming out so i don't know if you guys want to talk about that um, Mike, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't uh, give us the sales pitch. <laughs> All yeah. the craze right now is the new Red Sea auto top off. Um, they're definitely taking a different approach to it. Red Sea has been definitely pushing the um, conductivity probe aspect of it. So the new roller mats use a conductivity probe to detect when water level in the roller mat is high enough for it to advance the roll, and then water level drops back down. So they're using the same concept with the new skimmer modification. So you can actually put a conductivity probe in your skimmer cup, and so that it can you know, shut the skimmer pump off if your skimmer gets too high but also it's how they um, do the auto level feature. So they, they figure out with a software based on timing how often and how much to move the pumps percentages up and down so that it becomes a consistent height. And if it becomes too high, it'll hit the conductivity probe and it'll actually reduce the pump a little bit and kind of fine tune itself. Well, they're doing the same thing with the auto top off. So they're using a conductivity probe and they have a low and a high. And what it's doing is it's using a similar software to when it runs the pump, it measures how long the pump runs. So if it takes 10 seconds for your pump to fill from the, you know, no water to water, it'll learn that over uh, X amount of cycles. And then from there, it'll give it a multiplier. So if it takes 10 seconds and it knows, you know, it'll give you a multiplier, say, let's say five, then it'll do up to 50 seconds of runtime. And after that, it'll turn off. So if there's a leak or your tanks seem splits and it <laughs> happened to me recently, oh, God. And, you know, your ATO will run and run and run. And uh, so they have a couple cool features that they're building into. So that's a different approach. You know, it's, it's hard for snails to jam a conductivity sensor versus a float or an optical LG builds up on it. You know what I mean? You got to keep them clean. Otherwise they're not quite as accurate. You know, we'll see long-term if this is a good solution or not. I mean, it seems to be doing all right in the roller mats, but that doesn't mean in an auto top off, it's going to be ideal long-term. So it's still pretty new, but I think it's a pretty cool concept. Yeah, agreed. I think regardless, there's going to be some maintenance involved. I think with anything, yeah, saltwater, yeah, that is so important on all of them. Like I like the tunes, um, ATO Mm -hmm. and I mean the sensors, it's really important because they build up algae or there's bubbles or there's this or there's that. Don't put it right next to where you're dosing your alkalinity solution. Please don't do that. (laughs) Or Calquasser. Yeah. So, I mean, there's always maintenance. Mm -hmm. Why not? That's the best part. Yeah, well, yeah. As they get covered in yeah. calcification, yeah, they, 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 they make, make pretty crystals. That protects, right? protects the. Protects the, the, the mm. yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Mike? Yeah, yeah. I've scrubbed enough of them to know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's like that. That those are options. They have you know the float valve options. I like the ones with have redundancy. Obviously, I call them the like the second. You know, the second uh, the float like in the tunes is like the my I call it my oh shit. 
uh, second, you know, like you get your oh shit alarm. Does it shut anything off? No, that particular brand, it doesn't. Um, just as a plug and play, but it will let you know that something is definitely yeah. wrong. And something then, with a high low sensor, yep. like two different sensors mm-hmm. in it is always nice. Then another feature that the Red Sea is bringing into play too is um, now that it's all controlled through the app and stuff through their um, ecosystem, they've a lot made it so that if it were a timeout, you can set it to say turn their return pump off, which will be part of their app as well. That is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is cool. And we do have, uh, do we know when they are coming out? Uh, so they're getting released around their uh, smart skimmers and their reef run return pumps, which right now the estimated is March. They didn't have a specific date yet. So I'm okay. assuming like mid-March it should come out. So maybe still Q1, but I'm guessing more towards the beginning of Q2. That would be my guess. Yeah, I know they're in high demand too. So it's going to be like another reef met situation where you, yeah. know, you get your initial orders and then you're going to be waiting a bit to get the which I'm going to plug. Uh, we do. Uh, pre- we uh, were approved for pre-sale. So if it is something that you really want to look into, yeah. or you want to get on, you know, and get it right away before you know you're on a list forever. And that'd be uh, all of it: the return pump, the skimmer, yep, the upgrades, absolutely. and the ATOs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they are really the Red Sea's really stepping up. I think so. Yeah. Um, and you know, we. I mean, obviously, we are we're dealers for them and we like their brand so we're also setting up a new tank at the at the main display at the store too so that'll be exciting we'll be able to see all the new equipment so Mm -hmm. that way we can do videos on that too so people can see how they work um i think that's that's pretty cool it's pretty cool yeah i was telling matt just keep coming out with the new products (laughs) because everyone they're doing seems like a home run yeah um you know so the other thing that out of top of has a leak detector isn't it it yep. does come built with a leak detector, and it also comes with a temperature monitor, yep. all built into one unit. I think that Red Sea should actually start sponsoring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, Matt, if you're listening yeah. to this, it, you, if you're not, you should be. You should and be. then if you are, um, I, I'll send you an invoice. No, yeah. just kidding. They should um, come up with a controller. Well, and that's where what the do you, what do you mean? ecosystem like a Red comes Sea. Into play controller well like. and that's the thing they're all cloud-based so as when they add new pieces of equipment as long as it has that smart controller it's going to collectively work together well i mean something like their energy button and everything yeah that's what i'm saying they'll about. probably come out i would think I would with smart too. plugs like little plugs that you can just buy individually or strips maybe um you know the biggest thing is are they going to come out with any sort of programming that you can do as a user to to control the different pieces together, so that's well. If you think about it, the simpler it's the it's better. Like if that, like a like the auto top up, if it's predetermined to do something, why mess with it? Mm-hmm. True. And it's best for the user to just not have to do anything because then if it malfunctions, then you know something's wrong with the unit rather than something you did. Right. I mean, and that simplicity. is simplicity. It is being part of a part of the ecosystem is so that if if something were to go wrong in the cloud itself, it can adjust and turn things on and off. So instead yeah. of having to have a separate power strip, it's all through the cloud and wireless. That's why everything's hooked to the internet directly. And so if the auto top off were to see that there is an issue or the leak detector detects water through the cloud, it can then turn off the return pump and send you a notification on the app and an email saying, hey, the leak detector went off. We've done this. Check your tank. Mm. Which is great and scary all at once because mm. it's all based on yeah. It, if you have it, internet, it's no, it's yeah, it's no touchy feelings. There's no plugs. There's no this and that. But mm. I mean, it's technology. Can't be afraid of it, right? And the clouds become such a big thing with every everything, everything from Google to pictures to yeah. you know what I mean. And now it's now it's being incorporated into the hobby itself. And so it's I think of, going on what you're ta- we're talking about all the new equipment too. But you mentioned skimmers. I mean. Uh, one of the other things of having, you know, consistent water level in your sump, obviously, is for your equipment to run appropriately and effectively as well. So skimmers is one of those areas where 
Um, you know, it, it, people are like, oh, my skimmer works really well for a week and then it just doesn't work for a while. And then it comes. Well, if your water, if the water level is fluctuating, the, the water level, generally speaking, in your skimmer is fluctuating as well and it's not working. Or your salinity is low. Oh, or your salinity <laughs> is you didn't check it. Or, or high, you know what I mean? It, so it's not. It, so it, that in itself, too, isn't allowing for the equipment that you have that's supposed to be doing certain things aren't able to run a, effectively so i think that's another thing too that people don't realize is that you know having your water level being level in your sump is allowing for your skimmer if you have a skimmer in your sump to to work effectively and it's all your equipment so if you're looking at most even return pumps or skimmers anything that's uh, moving water even power heads if you yep. look there's two ratings one's in fresh water and one's in salt water and yep. they're very different and because because you're adding salt you're changing the actual density of the water so that your pumps will actually won't move as much so mm -hmm. depending on the system and how big it is and how much your salt has become diluted your return pump can actually start moving more water than it's supposed to because it's less salinity so less dense but then also your skimmer becomes less efficient because yep. without the density of the water then the micro bubbles don't attach to the organ organics in the water and actually skim it appropriately so now you're running too much water from a return pump which it could be an effect or your skimmer could be performing less than ideally because of the salinity itself and then also the water level can change if you're not the amount the depth the skimmer is in is more or less to do with how much pressure is actually being pushed into the pump itself and if you start changing that water level the pump isn't going to have as much pressure in the, in the head of it so it doesn't move the water far up into the body and it's it's a it makes a big difference it does and so i think and we're in that we're in a time where automation i mean it's easy and it that it's just a set and forget thing because we're all busy and we will forget and i mean it's even having a 15 gallon reservoir to mm -hmm. fill sometimes we still even forget so i mean imagine if we left that empty plus you know, i mean having a lot of these open tops i mean you can't generally speaking for reef tanks you can't put glass canopies and keep everything enclosed not only is it for light but obviously for ph and other things heat. as in heat as well keeping that all in so i mean atos are i mean they're like a, an essential next to lighting skimmers in my opinion for any aquarium well, the next thing we should talk about is is how much of a chore should an ato be i mean to poking in directly to an ro unit versus how big of a container that you have i mean there's pros and cons and risks to every situation you know we have a 15 gallon container here if something were to malfunction thankfully the tank's big enough where 15 gallon isn't going to nuke the tank you know but in a system that's smaller 15 gallons could absolutely nuke a tank you know but and that's 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 a problem that it just depends on who who you are as a person because you can hook up like you said the the reservoir to directly to your ro unit uh, but the, then it becomes to where that can fail but then you have a big reservoir but then it becomes to where you don't have the room for the for, for in the sump for the reservoir to go in like we do mm -hmm. and it overflows but it just depends on on i guess how you want to handle it because it depends on how much work you want to do um ideally you want something that it's midway and not have it hooked up to your ro unit because then there's no no possibility of malfunctioning and doing that but then that means you have to go and fill it up every time and not forget so there's mm -hmm. like a mm -hmm. give and take here, yeah, how much work you want to do. Yeah, Are exactly. you carrying buckets of water from your basement up a flight of stairs and, to uh, fill uh -huh. up and that top off over and over again? Yeah. It's like, it's it's like having a mixing everywhere. water station. Mm -hmm. You know, 
you can you can have it and everything, but then it relies on you not to forget to close the valves or open the valve <laughs> or whatever. And you know what I mean? How much do you really want to do? And if you forget about refilling your ATL, then your sump still runs so, dry exactly. yeah. with an ATL. Exactly. So there's, you know, it mm -hmm. depends on how you want to work it. With. So I think, it, I, I think we've done a really good job of actually we have so many different options for a lot of people to to match like anybody's needs. I mean, we build these beautiful water change stations where that and we otherwise we we have plumbed RO directly to I mean just drilling a hole into the container if it's if you have the space, you know, to make sure that it does. But I mean, we are relying um now they have new optic sensors and and things like that, but the little the the float valves, I mean, we're relying on a 17 to 20 dollar piece of equipment. Um, I think you play a, make a really good point to make sure that you know nothing gets in the way of that. I mean, because when you are plumbing it into directly into your sump, um, we've had it where you know a filter sock or a snail or something will hold that mm -hmm. down, and so if you have it dir a direct connect from your RO straight to your sump, salinity can become a problem uh, and flood mm -hmm. and equipment and mm -hmm. fires and all that fun <clears throat> stuff. So. Again, it just depends like what programming, um, what equipment you have. I mean, there's, you know, leak detectors and, and other things too. So there's there's a lot of great options and yeah. we've gotten super creative. Absolutely. And so the we in, and I know it's a scary thing to have your RODI unit hooked to your auto top off. There's a lot of, you know. It, but it works. It, it works. And we actually have, we have a few clients that have it set up like this. And what I, and the way I've set them up with these clients is, you know, the one is set up to the RODI unit, not only the float, but he also has a solenoid that's with the apex that has a timer built into its programming. And then it also has, we have, what are they called? We were just, we we're talking about them. I can't remember, but it's a physical valve that would, as soon as it touches water, it. Yeah, it's got the same coating as like a Tide Pod does, or like a dishwasher pod. So when it gets wet, it dissolves the outside and it's just like a piece of cotton that like quadruples in length and it physically flips a physical switch. And so now we're not only running a solenoid with a timer built on it, but a float valve with it. And then we have these physical switches. And what I've been doing is I, if our container top is here, I put the switch here. Yep. And then our float is just below it. So then not only we have a float, but then we also have the timer, but then we also have the physical switch. And um, the one we did recently, we took the tunes, I think it's a 3555, which yep. is the automatic refill. So they have their setup where they have the two floats. And then from there, it goes into the physical switch. And then from there, it loops back to the actual valve. So if both switches fail and I'll top off, the float's there. If the float also fails, then the physical switch can physically shut it off and the water should never be more than an inch from the top of it. And the other example we have is um, big, big system. It's like 600 plus gallons. It has a dream box on it, but they have like a 40 gallon auto top off container. So the way I have it set up is with the 3555, but then it also has uh, the liquid level sensor from Neptune on it. So then the way it's set up through the programming is as the, if the unit not only knows how long it takes to refill, but if for some reason the liquid level sensor detects the water's too high in the container, it physically shuts the outlet off to the 3555. So then the solenoid has to close. So there's a couple of redundant things. And then you can see on the graph of the liquid level sensor, you can see every day how much water actually like it uses so you can see that it drops 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 and then it fills back up and so i've got the window narrowed down to a specific amount of time because we know the unit puts out x amount of gallons a day or per se there's a little bit of a leeway but if the unit say runs for some reason for like two hours it shuts off it'll disconnect power to the outlet shutting the solenoid off to the unit itself and then of course there is a, another float valve as a triple bit of redundancy just because we don't we don't want the spills so we've got several big tanks high-end clients that have them hooked to their rodi units and we haven't had any problems. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you made a really good point. I was thinking, 
with all that technology, you could take those graphs technically and then make Kelkwasser for certain tanks, mm-hmm. couldn't you? Because if you're using it as an auto top off, um, and you, you're using that also as your Kelkwasser reservoir, because wouldn't that help you maintain the consistency of amount? Because you would know over time. It's just a, it's a it's a sidetrack. It's it's good information. Yeah. Um, we're, there's been a big push to get away from putting Kelkwasser and auto top off. No, I agree. I agree. Know? And but what you could do is is it's it's, it's good information. And, and that's going to seasons, you know, in, in, in Minnesota, when it's our furnaces run differently when it's 35 degrees outside than when the high was negative two and the low was negative 16 two weeks ago. Ugh. Our furnaces are running so much more and that's so much more heat in the house, so much more evaporation. One thing a lot of people don't know is there's actually um, because of the high efficiency of a furnace, they, you know, in the 90s, some of them are like 96 percent plus and they actually there's a condenser and then the the way it heats pull and pulls moisture, it creates a lot of water. And by a lot of water, I mean gallons of water. Your furnace pulls five to six gallons of water out of your house every day just from running. And a lot of people don't know that. So that's actually why in the winter, your houses tend to be more dry and you mm-hmm. want to use humidifiers. They have built-in systems to go into the ductwork. You know, so then in the summertime, when your furnace isn't running, you're pulling out quite a bit less moisture. And there's still, of course, moisture from the AC unit if you're running central air. You know, but the the way the two interact is a little bit different. So, and then in the spring and fall, when you have your windows open, you're not using either. Now you're not evaporating anywhere near as much because yeah. you're not intentionally forcing hot or cold air condensation to build up and, and be drained. So it's it's good information to see on the graph exactly how much. And then you could do... If you are using it you know, for that application. Absolutely. And then you can set up alarms based on that. That's the one nice thing about the Apex and having some controllability. If you notice that every day you drop, say, you know, an inch on the LLS, yep. if you drop two inches alert set an alert you know so that it can say hey your ato dropped three inches today yeah something happened you know and you can kind of look into it and see okay well solenoids aren't foolproof if one little grain of sand gets in that solenoid and it stops that rubber from sealing then it's going to slowly leak or you get a snail stuck in your Mm -hmm. or your drain and your tank overfills and it's just running so it's just good information i mean you can use it for a whole bunch of different applications Mm -hmm. i was just that was just a side thought if you're running it that way or if you're you know you can also use that graph too like if you're going on vacation people are like well i don't know how much i need Uh, like what size reservoir do i need if i'm going to be gone for a week or Mm -hmm. what size well it depends on your season da 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 you could use those as graphs i think that's a really that's a a, a good application for that as well Mm -hmm. i think the takeaway here is have us come in and take care of it yeah (laughs) there you go Experience. It comes yeah, yeah, it comes to, to experience, and it's. Yep. I, I guess we make it. To, we kind of made it seem. I think this morning, like it's really complicated, and ATOs no. are scary, and they're not. No. Um, it's basically we. It's just another tool for you to maintain consistency because and our box of water and to keep things healthy. Right. And and so I mean that at the store we've had such a you know a challenge for a lot of our dis- not our display tanks but our sale tanks because we can't hook an ATO on there mm-hmm. because uh, we're pulling so much water in and out. I mean, if yep. we had an ATO on there, yeah, it would keep the water level level, but right. the salt level would be all over the board. Always. And we could, I mean, you can do fancy programming as if-thens, if if it's this salinity. No. Nope. We just have to, you know, we have to chop the wood and literally carry the water yeah. for those types of systems. But for display systems, yeah, ATO. Yeah, but Billy can do that. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> for, for me, it's, t- it's, or Todd. it's taking or Todd. the chores <laughs> 
out of it. No, I agree. You know, if yep. I don't want to carry buckets of water. I don't either. I, I don't anymore, you know, and I and I at home, my system is set up to do an automatic refill, just like the examples that I gave mm-hmm. in the client's tanks. You know, there's, it's set up so that there's a ton of redundancy and even if there, something were to go wrong, leak detectors, the apex, something's going to tell me something's wrong, you know, and, and we can take care of it. And so I, I haven't in the, well, my tank's been up almost two years now mm-hmm. and I've I don't I don't fill it manually. I never yeah. have. I've never. And I had mean, an issue. for for somebody like yourself or other people that travel a lot, yeah. I mean, it's that having that peace of mind, and then also having, you know, having the cloud, having all of the alerts, having the the programming is is a big deal. It is. I know when when you and I first started, we were both like, well, if I can't put my hands on it then there's it's always going to fail like in the very beginning we were both yeah. like oh the apex is scary or pro- yeah it, yeah and it was like you're relying on this like piece of equipment that we all know can potentially fail well, the problem is you got to have good wi-fi yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's part of it Absolutely. and and just attention you know what yeah, i mean well, yeah knowing a routine and what's going on and, and as you learn your tank you learn yeah. what is and isn't right and if something seems wrong check it if there's a weird noise look into it there's been more than enough times where i've in the middle of the night i've woken up to just some yep. goofy noise and then you go and like okay well let's check the tank out and it was something silly like the ato didn't fill back up or so someone had turned the that and it could have been the kid she went downstairs and there was we have a separate sink and she might have tr- turned the water off to the sink which means there was no water to my ro which means uh, there's yeah. no water going to my auto top off container yep. and you can hear that pump at the bottom of that container hitting that glass just see the lucky you know? thing about you guys is like you have your tank for some Somebody to like when there's a, a, a crazy noise. I have 150 or 200 tanks that if they have weird noises <laughs> in the middle of the night, who gets a damn phone call? Yeah. This girl. Yep. And who's who never sleeps? This girl. Right. So who answers the damn phone <laughs> at 12, yeah. 11? I never sleep either. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For just, different reasons. Yeah. You have all the, you, <laughs> you have kiddos. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, you get this. I have a noise. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing more frustrating than, you know, I mean, if I have, uh, you know, access to being able to see all the, equi- uh, you know, and, and all the data, great. But the, if the, I don't, I have nothing. <laughs> but even then, that's why every time we go to a client's house, I try to encourage that client to get involved in it. Yes. Yeah. Like, I know you, you're having us taking care of it, but there's things that definitely you could help with that you don't need us to come in, that you don't need to call at three in the morning because mm-hmm. your pump is sounding weird. And it's just low on water or something like that. Like yeah, it's just like your your you know, car that, and gas. Exactly. Like oh, all of a sudden my car's me. You know, it's it's and now it's not working. Well, there's a light on there that says E. Right, you idiot. And and I I actually been thinking about that <laughs> a lot. Is comparing a tank to your car. Like you know, if your your car needs tires every once every few yeah. years, you know, your tank's gonna need tires you know or your car needs an oil change every three thousand miles and for me that's every three weeks you know so (laughs) your 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 tank needs an oil change regularly if you don't do the regular maintenance it's not going to have to wait until it starts making weird noise (laughs) yes and if your car makes a weird noise you turn up the radio yeah that's what i mean when it breaks down then you know you need yes when it's smoking i mean then if apparently it's not supposed to i don't know oh sad day now even if you don't have an apex there's or a smart system like that there's still ways to have redundancy i know not everyone has apex you know thousand dollar units on their tank i started off as a budget reefer and so that's kind of where my heart and soul is um you can do you have a soul (laughs) (laughs) you can you can do you can do little things like let's say you're using a five gallon aquion tank as your ato reservoir 
mark off the actual like gallon ticks on it. Just keep an eye on it, track, okay, I go through roughly three gallons in four days. And yep. then just set up on your phone an automatic notification to repeat every four days to say, check ATO. That's a that's a great idea. So there's little things you can do to add redundancy without having to invest in like these solenoids or smart systems. Yep. And yep. But uh, it, again, it ties into that understanding your system and Absolutely. just being in tune with it. So but yep. that requires for you to be involved a little bit. Yes. Yep. And that's what I think he's saying. Like we all, you yeah. know, it's just a, a, another budget way of doing it without having to, you know, and have a lot of extra equipment. That's a great idea. I mean, you can even, I can even put it on like my calendar as like, okay, ATO fell or, you know what I mean? Yep. You do it for water changes. You know, it's like, oh, I have to do a water change every Sunday. Well, maybe you, you do it this, this and whatever. Yeah. And there's apps out there. I've, I've found a great app. Um, obviously, the Fusion Apex app has a lot of features like that, but there's another one that you can buy for like five bucks that you can set up automatic notifications on there to for maintenance tasks such as changing filter socks. So you can say every three days I need to change my filter socks, every four days check ATO, every seven days do a water change or you know anything you really want. So we had a client. Um his big thing was smart plugs actually and yeah. and, and you'd be surprised at what you can do with just a smart plug. Mm -hmm. You know, you could set things up like auto refills for an ATO on a smart plug or, you know, um, that's because they have timers. They do. And you can, yep. you can set you can limits on them. them. Mm -hmm. and, yep. So and there's apps based around just smart plugs. You know, you'd be surprised at how much you can get done and how much less maintenance, you know, chore you can do when you're taking with something as simple as you can get a four pack of smart plugs on Amazon for 15 bucks shipped, you know, Perfect. you can do and you can do a lot you can do with it. I, I run mine for my water change stations in my basement. And okay. the way it's set up is on smart plugs. I have one controlling a heater, one controlling a mixing pump and one controlling the pump that moves water upstairs. And so I don't do anything. I, I'm at my tank. I do my water change. We and know. then. I, <laughs> I push a button on my phone and then up comes water. You, you can know? even do a voice command. Yeah, absolutely. Like, hey, oh, that's Siri integrated. Absolutely. Yep. We should do some. Uh, we'll do a video on that. Mm -hmm. That would be interesting because there is a couple clients that I would like to incorporate some of those things mm -hmm. because I know well, you can have Alexa control your Apex. too. Yeah, yeah, but I don't even know how to have Siri tell me like set a timer. <laughs> just <laughs> saying. You just got to tell her. I know, but I, I've talked to my phone that you can see the face is cracked. So I, there's she doesn't either. A, she doesn't like me or B, it's definitely a user error. Just saying. Don't she's always listening. I might not go with B. <laughs> yeah, I know. And she's always listening. You probably just like all of a sudden pick up and be like, mm. yeah, it's you, moron. Right. And then she <laughs> always talks when you don't want her to yep. just yep. randomly. Or like you're in a quiet area and all of a sudden your music that you were playing that is definitely not child friendly. <laughs> and you're just stop. like, ah, stop, stop. Turn off. I, I don't know. That was Doug. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so I, I think, um, you know, over, I guess, to kind of summarize what we've talked about this morning is, you know, the importance, obviously, of ATOs, but consistency, redundancy, um, options, mm -hmm. you know, we do have so many now. Um, and I, I think it's great that there's still a lot of research being done. There's still new products being developed. There's still new ways of making things a little bit easier. But it still goes back to, you know, maintaining that box of water, making sure that it is. Actually, that's. That's a good point. So people should stop thinking about their aquarium as trying to treat it as the ocean. It's not, not even close. You're trying to keep something in your house in a water box. Yep. So don't think, oh, uh, the ocean is like this. Let's try to keep the same. No, you're going to keep your tank what your tank likes. 
it's never going to be like that. Mm-hmm. So if your tank likes high phosphates and the ocean says it's 0.2, 0.02, then no, do the high phosphates because that's what your tank likes. That's how your corals are happy. Don't try to go down there because then your corals are going to die or they're not going to like it. Or just think about how your tank likes to be, not how the ocean is. That's And I think that goes back to the hobby in general. I mean, we're Mm -hmm. tinkerers, you know, and knowing and paying attention. I mean, that's the fun part. I mean, especially I know for you in the summer when you were gone, you know, for several days in a row or, you know, when I'm gone on vacation or whatever and I come back and, you know, you don't see a puppy like you don't never see a puppy actually grow. But then if you're gone for a long period of time, so you come back and you're like, whoa, you know, things are growing and then you don't realize like. That is how you fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. So just pay attention. Yeah. All you have to do, and it and it starts in the beginning. You know, you pay attention to it in the beginning, and then it gets easier and easier and easier. So like testing, even you know, you have to test a lot more in the beginning. Yes, right. um, and as the system stabilizes, and you learn the system, just like yeah, my children. Yeah, get a system. Like, no. yeah, learn my children and their studying habits yeah. or lack thereof. You know, or <laughs> yeah, when I, they didn't do their reading and they roll their eyes at me, right. and you know. Yeah, a good example is that uh, we, for example, in my tank. I have an acro tank, and a lot of people think, oh, it, you have to keep your phosphates below one. And in my case, because every tank is different, point one. that's not true. I, I have run it as high as 0.15. And if I go down below like 0.05, or color. So color starts going away, they don't like it, so I have to bring it up. Same with nitrates. If I go below 10, they start paling, and I mean, that's what they like. And I'm not saying this is for everyone. I'm just saying right. that's how, you know, I don't go, I don't look at a chart. I just look at my tank. Yep. And then every day I look at it, then you know when something's wrong. You see an acro change color or something, you're like, oh my God. Something's yep, out something. Yeah. Yep. And that's what it is. It's just keeping my, you know, keeping your box of water. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you need the same water parameters, ideal water parameters for one gallon as you need for millions yep. of gallons. So that's, I mean, so when people come in and they're like, well, you know, I don't have a skimmer. I don't have this. I don't have this. I don't have this. But I can have fish only. It's like, no, mm. uh, I don't find that there's a dirty part of the ocean where just the fish live exactly. with low salinity and right. and just like nitrates, like 50 to 100. There's no such thing. They all live in the same. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and I think that's important with the more equipment and the more technology that comes out, just being able to utilize it. But going back to watching it that's i mean it's like gardening or anything else you know you once you start like mike and i spent uh last week a good portion of last week i mean you do things right you maintain consistency yes it takes time it took several years but i mean we had to hack out colonies (laughs) i i took buckets and buckets and buckets of corals back because they grew because we maintain consistency. And going back to the not seeing it for a little while, we go there. I'm there every week, once a week. And if something happens, I go on vacation or I'm sick or, so, you know, we get bad weather. If I miss one week going back to that tank the following week, it's like you can see the growth and it gets mm-hmm. you really excited. You get pumped about it. You want to continue to do a good job. But if it's a chore, you're going to not want to do it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it all goes back to carrying buckets for water changes or carrying buckets to fill ATOs or, you know, if it's going to be a chore, it's less mm-hmm. and less to get done. If you're, you know, yeah. Do you have to have a skimmer? No. Should you? 
99% of the time, yep. yeah, you should. Because well, I mean, yeah. it's just that's what more water changes that you got to do. For me lately, I, I'm a big believer in the roller mats. I, it, I, but it's only fish, Mike. Yeah. yeah. And uh, especially on fish, a roller mat on a fish only is, I, yeah. I would never set up a fish only ever anymore without yep. a roller mat. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, well, and why? I mean, there's, like, there's, you, there's so that's, dirty that's where people there. have it wrong. Yeah. They, they think that because it's an only fish tank, that the water is going to be cleaner it's actually the other way around it's absolutely there's yeah. nothing yeah. taking phosphates or nitrates no, out there's naturally nothing. anyway well, yeah exactly. usually they're bigger fish they're more carnivorous they eat more food they they waste, poop more you tend to waste more yeah well, when people look at and, people look at our tanks mm -hmm. you know what i mean like our our display tanks with our fancy angels and it's like well, how did you get your fish so fat and you know what do you keep your water parameters and like it doesn't really matter does it you mm -hmm. know what i mean like why do you have this huge skimmer why do you have a and it's like Okay, because they they clearly come from a different part of the dirty ocean, right? Yeah, you know I mean that's not from even, a swamp, and this yeah, ocean. exactly. That's not even a thing, and that's how you maintain color, and mm -hmm. that's how my coral beauty. I mean, I'm not saying that it was the only thing, but um, I mean, I had the coral beauty for 26 years. I mean, right. that's it's water quality, and then I, ATO is just one of those things yeah. that you just it's a necessity, and it's you know they. There's so many different ways of doing it. And, and the color is a big one. Your fish will tell you when they're not happy. You can see it in, in the way they color up and change. Um, yeah. We have a client that we recently started doing so a lot of renovations to their tank, and they had some pretty high numbers. And as the numbers have come down and the salinity got more, more balanced and in check where it needs to be, they keep coming to me and saying the fish they're more colorful. They're more, they're more active. active. They're eating again. Like they're not as aggressive. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, they, a, if they start floating upside down, there's uh, something there's wrong. There's definitely something wrong there. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you you can. Uh, there's a lot of people that are like, you will go and and rescue their fish, um, like yellow, even yellow tangs, and they have no top fin and no bottom fin. They're like, oh, my clownfish was just really mean to it and mm -hmm. tore off its fins. But I've never actually seen that happen, but I'm right. sure it is because that that's what happens. No, it's it's high nitrites. It has nothing to high, do with the no water changes in a year. Yeah, <laughs> no water changes in it. Your you know, your water's mountain dew yellow and mm -hmm. you know, when I put my arm in there it's itchy now. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean your fish are, are not happy and and it's your fault. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, uh, to be honest much. with you, and then the salinity is, you know, way out of whack and they're like, Well, it's just fish only. It's like, Oh, you guys, come on. Well, and it's not like fish only systems are cheap either. No, really I mean, you need the same fish. equipment, like, maybe yeah. less lighting, but you need all the same equipment. And so, I mean, mm -hmm. that's, I don't know. And also do not get confused fresh water with salt water. Meaning uh, keeping a salt water tank is way different than keeping a fresh water tank. And that's where people sometimes get confused. It's like, well, we just, you know, put water, rock, and sand in, and then we just throw fish in there, right? No. no well, and that's the difference between like hardcore freshwater people and people with the 55 gallon with some goldfish in it. It's if you, true. If you get into like some of the, uh, we have a client who's got not only several saltwater, but he has a ton of freshwater and he's very diligent about doing his water changes. And the roller mat actually came from the freshwater world. And that's why they started with floats is because the freshwater community wanted to do a better job at keeping the water clean, more pure, less hazy, you yep. know what I mean? Things like that. And so the, it started with freshwater with the roller mats and then it's evolved into the saltwater aspect of it. And and you should be doing water changes on your freshwater stuff regularly. Your yep. fish will appreciate it. One of the big ones with fish growth is the hormone they release. They release a hormone in the water. And if you don't get the hormone out, they stop growing. They naturally learn that the density of hormone becomes to a point where they're, they, they can't grow. Yep. They're out of space. There's too much. Yep. So by doing your regular water changes, like if you want to see fish grow fast, 
do water changes. It makes a big well, difference. Well, that's why discus fish, for example, mm -hmm. yep. uh, in order to keep, to make them uh, reproduce or breed. lay eggs, breed, whatever, you have to do, well, not only that, but to keep them healthy, you have to do water changes every third day. Some people do it daily. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's, and that's it, a freshwater fish. Mm -hmm. But then you go back to where they come from mm -hmm. yep. and the water parameters that are needed. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if it's freshwater, saltwater, brackish, da-da-da. You have to maintain that consistency. I mean, they need, you know, a different pH than a, than a different type of cichlid yeah, or they no. need different. So, I mean, that's, it, it just goes back to, I mean, we, we can science this topic to death. I think it's really important to understand the blood levels and the, the salt levels within fish's blood and, and, and where they come from and all this. You know, I think that's really important. If that doesn't interest you, the simple fact of of just looking at it as a whole, I mean, you have specific needs. I have specific needs. They're different. Mm -hmm. Knowing them and then allowing or bringing in equipment or doing things that equal that ideal, you will get ideal results. A good one I saw was um, <laughs> there's a news channel down in Florida that was <laughs> sorry and uh, they <laughs> he's okay they were, haven't uh, even talked to I know, Joe yet, I know. I'm so sorry and there were there was a weather advisory and they said wear layers and bundle up because today is high as 53 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... 53? Like yeah, we're, we're in bikinis. <laughs> oh, I mean, absolutely. Mike is in I'm bikinis. Short. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Yep, pretty much. And Speedo. 53 degrees, it's real cold. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like the high was negative two the other day. <laughs> and, like, and then layers with, and yeah, so... with wind chill, it was like negative 40. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I mean, at 53 degrees, we'd be out like barbecuing. Yeah, absolutely. And, absolutely. Yeah, so it is, so it is it, that. So, I mean... Everyone's different. It's where you're getting the fish all matters. And, and yeah, it's, it's an environmental change you know yep and it just paying attention so i think pay the the moral of the story is pay attention mm -hmm. and pay attention and, and even with our clients and at caesar's point is being a part of it is huge mm -hmm. if i can say hey feed a little more hey feed a little less and you take that to heart and you actually do it it helps me make your tank more successful if mm -hmm. you you know it, it, and it's one of them it will i want once a month maintenance and i want to ignore it for the rest of the month and it's like that's not that's not how this works. Like this isn't it. You know, imagine you, your auto feeder for your dogs or cats. I'll let you use a bathroom once a month and you then know? figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Or your auto feeder. Let's like, see yeah, how you do. Fit, you know, <laughs> yeah. you put a whole thing of food in an auto feeder oh. for your cat or dog. It will run out. You have to like eventually fill well, it Well, and back I talk up, to people you know, too. Like I tell them I use the old, I, I've used this. I feel like my dad's saying the same old story, but I'm like, you put a steak right on the table today. It's delightful. Yeah. Tomorrow, not mm. healthy. The next day you're in the hospital. Yeah. So don't like dump a week's worth of food or, you know what I mean? All the, you know, just let the tank go, whatever you, it, it's, it's a trickle effect mm -hmm. and it can be easily avoided. It's like today I get to go handle a bubble algae problem. Well, could it have been avoided in the very beginning by just taking it you know, looking at what the problem was? I mean, cause right. it, that's just a symptom of something. Absolutely. Um, could I have avoided this? Yes. Now I have to get in there, elbow grease it, re manually remove, you know, do all the things that I need to do because I didn't pay attention to it in the very beginning. An ounce of of uh, an ounce of prevention. prevention is worth pounds of cure. Yep. Absolutely. And and then it goes all the way back to water quality and ATLs. All yep. it takes is an ounce of prevention and you're you're not going to have pounds of cure. Your fish aren't going to be stressed out from bubbles. They're not going to be stressed out from salinity changes. They're, you know, your equipment's going to last longer. It's going to be less maintenance, you know, all for an auto top off. 
And guess what? It'll save you money. It'll absolutely save you money. You you lose one fish in this hobby and you've pretty much paid. I mean, I guess there's exceptions to the rule, you know, but I mean, if you lose most one fish fish, or one coral, that's a funny thing. Like they'll be like, well, that, that, that puff is like 250 bucks. You just bought two fish at 80 each. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Or, you know, you've seen, you know, I I really want that, that hammer coral, you know, Mm -hmm. but I don't have a skimmer. And then it's like, okay, well, Mm -hmm. you buy five of those or three of them or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Great example. I, you know, if you couldn't tell, I do have an automotive and like HVAC kind of background. Um, Couldn't tell. Yeah. We have a lady (laughs) that would come in at a previous job and she'd always get her oil changed. And every time she was in, I was like, hey, you know, at some point you have to replace your transmission fluid. And she's like, well, next time. And it was an ongoing and ongoing thing. And it got to the point where one day I said, you know, why don't we just skip the oil change and do the transmission flush, you know, get get some new fluid in there. You know, the car's kind of high mileage, it's it's due. And she's like, well, I can't go without the oil change. I was like, well, you know, yeah, but what good does the oil change do if your transmission goes out? Yeah. You know so, what I mean? So, and like, so, you know, it's knowing where and when to spend your money yep. is, is huge. You know, you want to be successful. You know, yeah, you buy that $100 torch or you buy that $100 frag of SPS or you buy that one fish. And it's like, well, if it dies, well, you should have bought, you could have bought the thing to Yeah, the boring. The I call it the, the boring Yeah, the thing. boring, you know, yeah, not all yeah. of us are gear junkies. I'm a gear junkie. I've got... I mean, I mean, there must be 40 things plugged into my nah. tank. No, <laughs> but I mean, I, I was when people come in and they buy RO filters and yeah. they buy, you know, all the replacements, the consumables, and the, that is the boring stuff, but it's, ne- it's, it's necessary. Yep. And that, I mean, uh, we can talk about RO too and, and filters in a different, you know, episode about the importance of, you know, checking all those as well. But um, it, the boring stuff makes the fun stuff Fun. Fun. I mean, I tell people there's no more literal way to flush your money down the toilet than take a fish or a dead coral and flush it down the toilet. Yeah. So just do it right. And if you're listening to this and you are looking to set up a tank or you currently just set one up and you don't have equipment yet, buy an ATO first. Always get an ATO first. That is going to be the single most important piece of equipment on that tank, minus like a heater and return pump. Uh to, to make sure the tank is successful and then also you have a more enjoyable time with the aquarium. I think it comes down to patience because then they'll be like, no, I'll just fill it by hand every day until I get an ATO. Yeah. And then that's keep going, keep going. It's keep the going. same with manual dosing. It's the same with testing. It's yeah. the same with, well, I have, a, I, I bought a test kit. Well, what are your parameters? Well, I don't know. I haven't opened it. It's Fine. like, well, <laughs> that's helpful. They're good. They're, they're, no, they're ideal. <laughs> ideal. You, they're, they're, you're just supposed to set it on top of the tank. It'll do it for you. Uh, yeah, it's osmosis. Duh. That's how you do it. In the back of my head, this whole time I keep thinking about there's two different views here. The one view is you have your old school reefers yep. who are going to hate every last minute of what we've talked about today yep. because they are, if it's not me doing it, I'm not in tune with my tank. I, they will not rely on anything automated. They don't trust technology. And if it's not- I'm um, that controller. Yeah. yeah, And, and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> absolutely. If, if you can dedicate that kind of time mm-hmm. and effort into your tank, absolutely. Being in tune with your tank is huge. It's very essential. Knowing when something is wrong is huge and essential. But there's a point too where, again, we're making it work. If every day you had to go out to your car and you had to- rotate your tires every day you know what i mean you're gonna drive your car less you know yep. what i mean and if you can have something set up where okay well once a week i bring it in and they rotate them then you, you know what i mean it's done and you're successful but it's not well, a chore you're gonna enjoy your car a little more you know as simple as setting up the apex junior for example it tells you what temperature ph salinity or something. no ph the junior only does temperature and ph Just, i believe well either way if you have an apex uh, you you can go on vacation, 
and you'll be able to at least see what your temperature is, mm -hmm. your pH, your salinity, whatever there, rather than if you don't have an apex, you have to have someone physically come into your house and then call you and tell you well, what they it won't is. know. Generally speaking, that no, yeah, they and, know less and than then you do, yeah, you know? the neighbor like my neighbor would be like, I don't know, there's this like. I don't know this this weird noise coming from it. it sounds like mm -hmm. a monster. It's like oh, that's the ATO pump, you know. Unle unless you never want to leave Minnesota, then that's fine. Oh, that's, that's one thing we didn't talk about too when it came to different ways of testing salinity is is salinity probes. And I know there's a big debate right now on their reliability and their consistency. And there's there's products out there that have made them consistent. We, um, what was the one that we got for BCA? Oh yeah, three yeah, yeah. D prints, uh, yeah. stability, an salinity, and it made thing. a huge difference when it comes to the way the probe is monitoring the salinity in the tank and then i think what we should do now that you've brought that up is because we're going to wrap this one up but um set them all out on the table and yeah. let's show everyone like the different options we can even show different pictures of different setups that we've done mm -hmm. and then because that's how we all learn um is Absolutely. by you know what i mean by watching someone else fail <laughs> so i mean we've done it we've failed yeah. we've succeeded we've done all the things so yeah. and then that way two other people can chime in and say hey i've tried this have you tried this no i haven't yeah um, they, they, that way they know that it's not that we want to push something on nope. you is that we already made the mistake yep we don't want you to do it yeah and there's so much innovation with it a big one with the probes is uh, a background thanks to the community was instead of using the provided calibration fluid which is nothing wrong with they have found that if you can find yourself where you want to be which for what i do is i use a hydrometer the float the low tall float trout marion one you know yeah yep and so the, i do what i can i get as close to 77 degrees with mm -hmm. the, i have a stainless steel floating thermometer that mm -hmm. i calibrate by using a ratio it's just, it's like 75 percent crushed ice and water is and that'll get you just about to 32 degrees so you calibrate that and then from there you can get your water to your 77 degrees and you mix your salt you give it your time to fully you know dissolve at two three hours and you get everything set up and you make that solution and from there you know where it, is. it doesn't have to be exactly 35 as long as you know where that water is and then i take a mason jar it's yep. just glass and clean and then i have it and i have it with a number on it so yep. i can double check you know that my refractometer is calibrated is matched on it to whatever that is so basically on it takes him two and, days to make salt well you know <laughs> well, <a> <laughs> well with a, you know no thankfully it's not but then i know i have a jar of sit and it's sealed so i don't have to worry about evaporation and you yep. know it takes some of the variables out of it but um using the probe to then so you once you have that solution you can calibrate your probe based on the tank's water yep and that has been huge it's been huge for me it's been huge in the forums people talk about all the time instead of using calibration fluid you know if you know your tank is 35 calibrate your probe to your tank and your tridents instead yep. of using calibration mm -hmm. fluid calibrate your trident to your tank's water you know what i mean yep. like and that's going to stabilize and kind of make everything work in conjunction and then become more stable and I, i've loved it I, yep. I i haven't i haven't looked back since started doing that type of stuff so I think there is a niche there or niche or however you want to pronounce it yeah. for us to come out and, and just show different options. Mm -hmm. Because I, I mean, to me that you, what you just said was super technical. And it's for me as a, you know, as a, as a maintenance tech coming in and being like, I have to do what was uh, ice cubes. My eyes want my, my, right. my <laughs> mind wandered to somewhere else that was, I'm not even going to go to, but um, then, then you had talked about right. all those other things. Right. So, I was so, say something so inappropriate. I know that's where I was going with it actually anyway, but you've mentioned ice cubes and this right, and that, right. and then I was got distracted, but I mean, we can just show it all on the table and then show what, 
uh, you know, you can pick whichever, pick your poison. Mm -hmm. So anyway, thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, This is New Wave After Dark. Mm -hmm. We'll leave on that dark moment. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'll leave you for your imagination to run wild. Anyway, I think Brendan's going to have his last plug and then we're out of here. As always, make sure you visit us online at newwaveaquaria.com forward slash podcast and ask any questions you might have and we'll answer them on a future podcast. Uh, If you want to pre-order the Reef ATO Plus, I think they're calling it from Red Sea. We do have that available for pre-order now. We are sending in our initial order. Well, we already have, but we might be able to adjust it. So uh, if you want to get on the list, make sure you uh, pre-order that. Other than that, we will hopefully see you guys next week. Um, And make sure you keep Ted in your thoughts if you haven't already. Hopefully he'll be back soon. So Donate. Yep, donate. Donate. Yep, GoFundMe. GoFundMe. On the homepage of the website. So thank you all. All right, thanks. Thanks.